I mean, if you take respect, when I was growing up and I've, I've amazing parents, they're, they're, they're still alive. They're amazing. And, but yet they never sat down with me and explained what respect was that, that of course you wouldn't do that. So I grew up thinking that respect was respect your teacher, respect your mom, respect, you know, uh, people older than you and so on. But I didn't really know. I thought it was an authority thing. I had no idea that respect was something that um, for, that if I'm saying that I need to respect every person as a human, even if I don't like what they're saying. So, and I think this is something that's very important for everybody now. It's nearly like there's freedom to say, I hate them. I dislike that. And there's a lot of division going on at the moment, whereas it's okay to hate what they're saying or not like what they're saying. But the human as an individual is... It's a, it, respecting someone is understanding that everybody has value. Hello and welcome to the Happy Pair Podcast. Hi, hope you're doing well. That was a very formal intro. Yeah, I was, I was trying to get one of those like, well, you're trying to be like, like the podcast where we da 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 da. Normally you start you it with like a radio some show. sort of ad. Oh, oh are we going to do what an ad? Yeah, I think what are we going to promote today? I think you should advertise the Happy Shape Challenge. Okay, oh, cool. we would like to thank this week's sponsors who are... The Happy Shape Challenge! Yeah! <laughs> A.K.A. the Happy Pair. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we've got this Happy Shape Challenge and it's wonderful and it's amazing. And it came out of the idea, there was loads of people asking us, lads, you've got course in heart health and good health. Why don't you do one about weight, weight loss? Like, I'm really interested in my heart and my gut, but I actually just So did you build work. a course that's going to answer this yeah, question? Yeah, we did. Great question, Steve. Yeah, we built this course with an incredible doctor who has a specialist in weight management. She's really cool, Dr. Sue Keneally. Uh, and she's also and an expert in lifestyle medicine. Yes, and we've got a dietitian, yeah. Yeah, so it's really fun. It's four weeks and it's all to help you to become happier with your shape, to lose weight if you need to, to maintain weight. It's all plant-based, lifestyle, loads of lessons, online community, class, brilliant, available on the Happy Pair.ie. Add over. Yay! Nice one. Wow, that was very enthusiastic. Sorry if we hit you with so much positive energy that it was annoying. Apologies. I kind of slightly annoyed myself. There. I, kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of zoned out after a while and I was just staring at your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really yeah. good though. It was very good. Uh, <laughs> Listen. Um, come here to me. If, if the happy pair never existed, what would have happened to you two? Uh, uh, I'd love to be, uh, can I go with my yeah, first sure. version? First version would be, I got, would have got lost in a cave meditating or in a monastery meditating, I would say. So you're saying you'd be one, some kind of enlightened being? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'd be in a cave, you know, <laughs> fighting with myself. <laughs> okay, be, there would be a strong desire to do that. However, I do love people, so. Alter- I love that. Alter- alternatively. A kid's party <laughs> entertainer. I think <laughs> you would have been a brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all turning me up. We'd be great at furniture removal. <laughs> I know. Like I'm a full-time meditator in a cave in India, aspiring to be enlightened, or furniture removal, or kids party entertainers. Or <laughs> a Bill, tree planter. Really like oh, yes. like, I love that. You tree planting. You you always oh, boast about how many trees job. you that, can that plant. That literally was my favorite job beside that be pair. So like I had a job, a friend, Mark Shatford, who I lived with in Vancouver, he used to go plant trees um, every summer and he used to get a helicopter to work. And he, he kind of said, yeah, well, I can plant five. Thousand, when was this? Like last year? Like, I don't know, 2000 and something. 2003. I'm going to guess. Okay, so like 20 years. And ago. I told him I was so competitive, like I'll catch you. And he was like, not a chance. And I went out the first day planting and I planted 100 trees. and got, oh, How many did he plant? Yeah, I planted like 4,000. But by the end. I caught him. So your ego is the biggest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm big headed. Sorry. Uh, but I did love that job. It was beautiful. You're out in nature all day long and you just got lost. There was no sense of I. Oh, you were just this tree planting machine that just was caught up in flow. And it was quite 
meditative, as weird as it sounds, and you were in nature and there was risk of bears and you get a helicopter, it was mad. Was I'd wonderful. love to know what was going through your head while you're planting those very trees. Very little, very little. <laughs> next tree, next tree. I can't wait to go back in and refuel and get like loads of calories. Because literally, it was mad. Like it was the one time in my life where literally every time you'd stop to get replant, to get more trees, you'd literally take a sandwich and I felt like a truck pulling into a petrol station to get more petrol. Like it was literally, you'd take a sandwich and just go, and it was just calories. Like for the first while, that was when I was, I was eating a vegan diet and I was, I, I was the only one in the camp. So it was weird. And like for the first few weeks, I wasn't eating any sweets. And I'm really healthy. And then I realized like I need so much calories. I started like taking like six things of sweets with me every day. Because <laughs> like there's only so many sandwiches you could eat. Like I was literally, I was eating like 10 sandwiches. All right, David, what would have happened would I, to you? I'd be a soulful carpenter. Or a poet, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm only playing here. I yeah, but I think that's you now. Like or else I'd be a unicorn. I could be <laughs> sorry, I'm being completely facetious well, here. Okay, no, back then, because like, you now, I know the carpentry and I know the mm. poo and the wetsos that you always write as me and Steve like to call Just them. for anyone who's wondering what a wetso is, Dave often on Instagram will write these very soulful quotes and we've um, undermined the them. The ones with the wetsos. beautiful sunrises. You they know the ones. Could possibly make They're lovely. Some make me cry when I write them. Probably because they're, they're beautiful. Cry. I'm so deep th- and meaningful. That came from being a part of the Happy Parrot. Come on, prior yeah. to that. Okay, prior to that, oh, I don't, I have no idea. I I do love carpentry. I do love building. I do love to- power tools. Did you love it then? Though? No, I think the then, only thing I know about you then is that you ate mangoes loads. <laughs> yeah, I loved, yeah, and I loved yoga. Maybe ah, who knows? I I could have been an acrobat. I could have run away in a circus. Like genuinely, could have yeah. done that. Or. uh yeah, working in the golf shop as a golf pro, maybe. Oh, no, I would have hated that. I would have been useless at that. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Builder. Like I don't think you could have worked for anyone, either of you. No, unemployable. unemployable. Oh, completely unemployable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, that leads us along unemployment and employment and leadership. Does that give a nice segue? And oh, character. I think so. The bit that I adored about this conversation, which is coming up, which I know. But no, don't know give it away. Is about character. Is that so often in our society... We don't celebrate character, people who had great integrity, great honesty, great. They were wonderful listeners. It's more like, oh, they looked really good. Or they're they were successful. They were successful or they were famous or something. Whereas I love that this conversation was back about, there's a huge romantic in me that romanticizes character and just integrity and honesty and like the refinement of human character. I think this leads us nicely into who our next guest is. So our next guest, today's guest, as you are seeing on the button you clicked on, yes, (laughs) is Joanne Hessian. She's a wonderful human. She really is. She founded the Entrepreneurs Academy back 20 something years ago, which they've now helped on planet Mars. No, this is in Ireland. And they kind of helped 40,000 different entrepreneurs at least become incredible entrepreneurs. Well, I don't know exactly what they were. Um, She started Lyft, which is leadership in Leadership Ireland for, for Ireland. Leadership for Ireland. Lift. Anyway, an incredible leadership program. Sorry for not knowing all the credentials here. She started, uh, which is all, the goal is to train 10% of the Irish population to become better leaders. And really, you can change the word from leaders here about character, about morality, about values. It's like influence. In- I thought the beautiful word, the way she described leadership was influence yeah because so, sometimes we we had blocks about the word leadership and kind of thought oh leadership like it's such an american kind of term and such a business term but like she really broke it down today and referred to it that it's really about character and influence and evolving and becoming okay sarah's found out it lift stands for leading ireland's future together oh sorry thank you joanne sorry i uh, thank you for clarifying that sir leading ireland's future together which the goal is to reach 10 percent of the irish population in 10 years and, and this and, isn't and limited just to ireland it's just that it started in ireland so anyway 
we're not, we're not going to use the intro much longer, but the final thing to say is that it's a class conversation. It was one that I super, super enjoyed. I've got loads of notes from it that it really inspired You're me. You're meeting Joanna to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, meeting Joanna to talk about other stuff as well afterwards because I really found it wonderful. So without further ado, I hope you really enjoy this. Listen to the end. It's class. It's super and inspired. And do tag us on social media because we and I do love check seeing- out do check out our website, Lyft, because it's brilliant. Lyft.ie or Lyftireland.ie. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. lots of love. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Enjoy. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, well, well, uh, Joanne, it's a real honor to have you. It really is. Thanks and we've, so much for in two years, I think we've had five people here in person. So it genuinely is a real pleasure. We've had five people where we've had a conversation around a table. So uh, all the rest of me looking at a screen. So it really is. It's wonderful. And there's so many different topics we want to talk about. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks a million for having me. Both of you. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. OK, first thing. And we were just just chatting here, coming in here was about character and about the uh, Almost like character is not something that's heralded as much or kind of held in as much value as previously it might have been. Well, it is easy looking back maybe 50 years and go, ah, the gentleman and characters in society and morals and all this type of stuff. And I'd love to talk about characters and morality because in today's culture where like, and I could reference there's so many different aspects of modern culture, but there's pop culture and there's you know, the social media culture and there's the kind of subtle underlying theme, you know, of modern Western culture, which is if you make loads of money, if you're successful and you're famous, well, then you've made it. And a lot of us kind of have this, this kind of baked into us or we kind of have it. It's a, it's, we're not aware that it's a, it's a condition which we have or something that we've adopted. And I'd love to talk about character and the importance of it. One thing I always find with characters, you know, that famous Buddha quote, like, be careful of the actions because the action becomes habits and the habits become character. And character is where it's suddenly I am as opposed to I do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd love to talk to you yeah. about character. And actually, Steve, just as you say that, uh, something comes to mind that this whole thing about intentions versus actions that we, you know, we all judge ourselves. We all have good intentions. You know, Mm. we do have good intentions and we judge ourselves on our intentions, but everybody else is judging us on our actions. Brilliant. So That's a I great that. distinction. That's Isn't external it? You know, and internal. Yes. Because oh, you always, you're like, you do something bad to someone, you go, oh, I didn't mean to, it's, like I didn't intend to. And they go, but you hit me. It's like, I didn't mean to. I just like slipped and whacked you in the head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's exactly it. It's that the intention, and this is why things often get complicated between us as as human beings, because we're, we, we you, you hear people saying, but that's not what I meant. That's not what I, that's not what I said. But it was received at the other end in the way the tone that we used and how we acted so actions and intentions are are very important and Mm. how we act even though we may not be intending to act that way is what becomes who we are um and so it's it's really very complicated and that's that's an internal thing like your intention and how like is it's really it comes from a deep spinal like it comes from your core as opposed to from it's almost subconscious isn't it yeah it is it is um we are we are often not aware of what our actions are because we're, we're really busy in life and we don't take the time to stop and really think about it. So, and, and we're just sort of judging ourselves based on our intentions all the time. That's what's going around in our head. But, As opposed to our actions, yeah, which we're probably yeah. being judged on. That's exactly it. It's that's funny, exactly that's like it. Dave, you used to come out of every single exam and go, I aced it. I definitely got an A. Uh, I, I'm, I'm certain. I'm, Mom I'm, had asked me, how'd the exam go today, Dave? And I, ah, oh, easy. Another A, I'd say. At least And then A, the results Mom. would come out and it'd be like C, C, Another C. C. Another C. Oh, they <laughs> they must, got it wrong. They must have like mixed mine and Stephen's papers up. Like I got a C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. But and you're you're absolutely right. Character, you see, character is is often 
referred to as the soft skills and uh, and especially in business world, it's nearly sort of dismissed as the soft skills. But it's certainly in my mind, and I started off after college and everything uh, doing accountancy. So I like all the 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 financial stuff. I like the all that part blocks. of business. I like that. But what I have learned in business over the years is that it's the soft skills or the people skills or the human skills that one are the most important and two are the most difficult as well. They're very complicated. Mm. Um, the other bits are relatively straightforward and not always easy, but it, you know. Well, you can get others to do a lot of the other bits, yeah. but, and even, even it was recently, I was hearing something that it was like IQ versus EQ. Typically, if you have a high IQ, you won't end up the leader of an organization. Typically, it's someone with a high EQ as in emotional intelligence, because they have the ability to kind of conduct and coordinate a team and the softer skills to help relate to everyone and kind of bring them together. Yeah. It's a funny thing, though. There are a lot of myths around leadership. You know, when you you'll often find that people walk into a room and they'll think knowledge is power, power is leadership. So the smartest person in the room is the leader here. Mm. But you're absolutely right. Uh, you can have a really high IQ, but not necessarily make it up the leadership scale. That's not to say that you won't make it up the leadership scale and be a good leader, but they don't necessarily go hand in hand. Leadership is, is about who we are on the inside. It's about being bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. It's a character. It's, it's all it's, about character. To it. And yes. how do we almost, because it's the balancing now, because, you know, they're almost at oppositions because like certainly how it's been depicted in a lot of society or in movies that the person who's at the top of the organization is usually the meanest, toughest, and they've gritted it out and they've outworked everyone and they've kind of, you know, and this is, it's often like, and they've kind of almost like they've, their morality has stayed in the corner and they've kind of just made decisions in the dark and not really told everyone about it. Whereas, and then there's other people that have really stuck to their character and their values and their morals. And they might necessarily have been outwardly in the financial or fame kind of areas successful. And they almost seem to be at juxtapositions in in many areas of modern culture. I don't know if I'm talking crap there. Yeah, but. no, you're you're good. But I think maybe what we need to look at is what's the difference between success and significance? Because success Ooh, is a I different like thing it, I like to significance. And success is really what, you know, significance is what you do really with other people and through other people, whereas success is stuff that you do for yourself. Um, so I'd see those as quite different. But then success nowadays, like if you think about it, like if I look at my kids and if I look at teenagers growing up, like success, everyone's definition of success almost comes from external. It comes from kind of going, okay, my dad gets recognition when he does X, Y, Z, or my mom gets recognition when she's wearing nice clothes and she's, you know, whatever it might be. And they might go, I want to be successful like such and such. And then it becomes in school and in college and, oh, you got loads of followers on social media. Oh, you met a nice boy, a nice girl. You've got a big, you know, and then our definitions of success kind of change. And it's, how do we almost you know, how do we fix this or how do we recalibrate this or make it, make it not subconscious. Before you say, how do we fix this? It's like, what's wrong first if you're going to fix it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think, I think you're right. I think there are a lot of definitions of success that are out there at the moment and especially on social media, um, that aren't real success. I mean, they're really not. I mean, if you think about somebody who uh, you guys know and you don't have to say who it is, but just think about somebody who you'd really want to follow, that somebody you really want to follow is a leader, right? So and if you stop and think, OK, what is it about them that I that makes me really want to follow them? Is it because every time I meet them, they make me feel like I'm really valued? Or is it that every time uh, I meet them, I notice that they 
have huge respect for everybody else around them or I know that they have integrity. That's why I want to follow them. So when you think of those things, they're the characteristics of really great leaders. And that makes us want to follow those people. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have a leadership title or position, but it does mean that they uh, that they are the real leaders. And I think we need to change the narrative um, in Ireland and in the world around what really good leadership, what really good leaders look like. I love this. In terms of, uh, I remember at 16, um, dad caught me climbing up on the roof drunk, trying to bring a girl in my um, bedroom window. And great leadership. Great Steve. leadership. Thank you. I was doing my best in that instance. And uh, the next morning I came down and mom kind of gave out to me and dad just said, I got a spare ticket for the match, dad. Can I take, or Steve, will you come to the match? And he was like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'd love to come. And we went and he brought me to the pub. I was, maybe I was a little older than 16. They didn't definitely serve under, underage alcohol, uh, but we had a drink together anyway. And then afterwards he started chatting to me and he made me read this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I was going, oh, dad. But it was a remarkable book in that it, it spoke about integrity, which I didn't learn in school. I didn't learn, no one talked about it. It was the first time. So I wonder if we could talk about integrity because it's something that isn't widely taught about or discussed or celebrated. Yeah, no. And and uh, you're you're absolutely right. You You kind of pick it up as you go along, don't you, from your family assume, and at the you kitchen. Know what it means. Yeah. And and really honesty and integrity are two different things. I mean, honesty is telling the truth to other people, whereas integrity is telling yourself the truth. So it may be that I think I'm being honest with the two of you by everything I'm telling you, but am I really telling am I really telling myself the true story in order to be able to get that honesty out? Does that make sense? So, you know, I might be we often see uh, especially with with people in leadership positions on television and so on, where they're absolutely convinced and they're telling you their truth, but their truth is actually um, misaligned. You know, it's not really real. Um, uh, you're looking at me confused, so I'm getting no, 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 I'm just trying to, I can, I can, you know, they feel so, almost so, like your brain goes. So, so you might be telling yourself as, you know, I'm really healthy. I'm really healthy all the time. You know, that might be a tr- that might be your truth for yourself, or I might be saying that to myself. But then if I really went back and looked, when was the last time that I exercised or when was the last time that I did something? So mm. I might think I am, I might be telling myself one truth, but is it the real truth? It's yeah. almost like the difference between intention and action. It again. is. Similarly, it is. the same. And we had, it is. We, had, we had a wonderful uh, lady on a couple of weeks ago and she was, she had a really kind of challenging upbringing with loads of kind of, you know, it just wasn't an easy upbringing in any sense. And she said when she started looking in the mirror, it wasn't until she started looking at herself and being really honest with herself about not being a victim and about all these various things that then she started changing and kind of you know, I guess integrity and those type of things started forming. Yeah. And we all have these voices in our heads that tell us Mm. all kinds of things. So what's the real truth of what we're telling ourselves? That's integrity. Um, Whereas an honesty is the truth that we then tell other people. Yeah, because integrity is about our relationship with ourselves and about do we hold our word? If I say I'll do something, do I do it? And do I do it for, for myself? So it's as much about for myself as it is for others. Yeah. Which is hard because you want to make people like you. You, you know, you want to make people like you so you could, you know, like we probably, have, we, probably have, we probably have more of a tendency to kind of want to make other people like us more. So you might kind of go against your integrity and do, you know, do too much for the people at the expense of yourself, you know. That's hard. 
Yeah, it's just kind of how, we all have different bits of, yeah. <laughs> all of our challenges. That's just one of ours. Yeah, different that is colors. Hard. We're all different colors in the rainbow. Someone's red, and oh, compared to yellow, I'm too red. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that I, is hard. There, there was one thing I was thinking there, and we were talking about like leadership and whatever, and integrity, and often like you know, there's a stereotypical leader who's you know the alpha in the room, whether it's male or female, and they're the biggest, strongest, loudest, most charismatic creature. And then I was thinking there of two examples in movies, which in modern day movies is Gandalf, number one, and Dumbledore in Harry Potter's. Like those are two leaders who are, they are in leadership positions, but they're kind of, they more ask questions and they more, they don't like, you naturally want to follow them. And like, I certainly aspire to be a leader like that. That's not a preachy kind of, you know, egocentric human, but is much more like, you know, gives other people the tools and empowers them. Yeah. Uh, You're absolutely right. And in fact, you're hitting hitting on something that is a complete myth around leadership. I mean, leadership is not a position or title. Most people think that it is, that once you have the position and title, you're a leader, but you're not. It just buys you a little bit of time. It's a position or title that buys you a little bit of time with the people around you. But unless you actually behave well, as Gandalf and so on behave, not that I've seen those movies, I haven't. But <laughs> Lord uh, of the Rings. No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. Harry Potter. But, uh, Harry Potter either. No. Oh, um, my but the, you didn't watch them with your kids. Uh, no, I didn't. No, oh, I didn't. Wow. But um, the but you know, so your the position or title will buy you a little bit of time. But unless you behave well people might follow you because they have to because they get a paycheck to follow you but at five o'clock or six o'clock they want away from you and that's not real leadership and and what people are seeking and often I think people get into leadership positions and they think then that their followers should follow them but unless you build your character have good character uh, that that are really good leadership character traits nobody really wants to follow you and you're just kidding yourself that's, that's, such, a, that's such a good analogy. Uh, do you know what? I learned it the hard way. I learned it the hard way in my businesses, um, you know, in my 30s. It was hard. And you guys will get this. I mean, running a business is really hard. And uh, I was about 10 years in business. I had three toddlers uh, under the age of four. You know, I was either working, changing nappies or pregnant all the time <laughs> in my 30s. Oh my and uh, it was it was brilliant. Wouldn't have had it any other way, but it, but it was hard working. But I... I, the business was running well. We were making a profit. Uh, that was all good. But I couldn't understand when I tried to really create some change in the business. Nobody was really coming with me. And it was like pushing a rock up a hill. And I remember taking uh, some time out to really think about what my values were and whether I was in the right business. And I started to read some books and um, around this topic <laughs> and realizing much to my absolute shock that actually I was the problem, that it was me, that I was managing well, but I actually wasn't leading well. Uh, So I had the right person in the right place doing the right thing at the right time. So I was managing well, but nobody really wanted to follow me when I was creating real change and need things to move. So I had to change. And it was only when I started to really work on myself then in my thirties and I'm 51 now, um, you know, that I, that things started just to get so much easier and so much better. And I, I really, uh, and I, thankfully I know all the people that worked with me then and they're amazing people. And some of them now still work with me, which is, or work in my companies, which is brilliant. But, um, I, once I started to lead, I realized it was all about them, you know, that I hadn't, I hadn't thought with the lens of valuing them enough. Yeah, I really it's hadn't. A, it, it's Simon Sinek, at least, is the only one that I'm familiar with that his book, Leaders Eat Last. And I didn't know he's a good talk on that, which is 
almost contrarian to the idea of like the leader has the biggest office and is the only car parks the and, walks and this type of idea. I just wonder if, if I roll it back just, just on character again, just a tiny little bit, what comprises character? Because it's like, it's something that is often used, but it's seldom that at least I myself don't understand it. I know integrity is a part of an honesty. These things make up character. What else would make up a good character? What else does make up a good character? Listening. Excuse my ignorance. Listening. Listening. Yeah. Listening would be a big one. Empathy. I mean, empathy would be another one. Uh, accountability would be another one. Um, respect is one of the biggest. They really are. The, when you say the soft skills, like they are not like they're. And if you were to pick a gender, I'd probably, you know, I would say they're typically more innate in females. Obviously, we all have a blend of masculine and female and each of us have different, but they're more like listening, empathy, compassion, probably in in some cases is more prevalent in women. Yeah, it depends, it depends on the depends female on the person, or depends, of course. Depends, yeah. depends on the person. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the person for sure. But I mean, if you take respect when I was growing up and I've, I've amazing parents, they're, they're, they're still alive. They're amazing. And, but yet they never sat down with me and explained what respect was that, that of course you wouldn't do that. So I grew up thinking that respect was respect your teacher, respect your mom, respect, you know, uh, people older than you and so on. But I didn't really know. I thought it was an authority thing. I had no idea that respect was something that, um, for, that if I saying that I need to respect every person as a human, even if I don't like what they're saying. So, and I think this is something that's very important for everybody now. It's nearly like there's freedom to say, I hate them. I dislike that. And there's a lot of division going on at the moment, whereas it's okay to hate what they're saying or not like what they're saying. But the human as an individual is, it's a, it, respecting someone is understanding that everybody has value. And I think that's really Dignity, important. Yeah, isn't that it? Dignity. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, this is lofty me. stuff we're excuse chatting me. about, but isn't I love it? this. Like, <laughs> I, this is the type of conversation that I just dream of. There was like, that lovely like, book. There was that lovely book. Um, I think it's James Allen. It was like think it, think it as, as a know, man think, think it. as a man think it. Yeah, which was beautiful. It was all about character and about how we think and and exactly what you were saying. How you think and how your actions become character. You know, he was all about character. His his book was about character, and your internal becomes the external ultimately yeah. at some point. Yeah, it is huge. And one of the lovely things, I read a book, um, came across a book, I think it was written in 2015. So it's really, and I was waiting for this, this kind of book to come out where it, it's called Return on Character by a guy called Fred Keel uh, mm. in Harvard. And it is a, a study of 120 CEOs of businesses. And it shows how those with the highest character rating, and the rating was done by their employees as well as by themselves, but their highest those with the highest character rating had the highest return on assets. Like as in the most most functional, yes. profitable business. Yes. Wow. Yes. And what was also lovely because when he graphed them all out, the 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 guys and women at the at the very top uh, that were the highest character, when they rated themselves, they rated their own character lower than everybody else. So they had a humility. Whereas the grouping that came below them that didn't make it to the highest rating, they all rated themselves higher and that's where the kind of ego bit comes in a little bit Jeez, isn't that so, interesting yeah and, yeah and, and even back to i was going to say before that like starting a business like we started the business and you're when you start a business you're used to doing everything you're you're just you're and you're you're just forging on no matter what and then as you get one or two people working with you you're just so used to forging forward that you're busy, you know, cutting the grass, cutting the grass, chopping trees, chopping trees or whatever it might be. Yeah, just grab it, grab dig it, grab the dig, lawnmower you're start too busy. You're too busy digging the ditch that like, just pick up a shovel and start digging like, that like, 
it's a hard to to like your leadership as as you mature changes and uh, there's so many little traps along the way. Well, that it's, it's like ultimately the difference between leadership and management. We learned that we're good leaders and we're extremely poor managers because we assume someone knows how to use well, the Well, I don't way. know if we're good leaders because by the definition okay. which you just gave there, we probably would overrate ourselves that we're brilliant leaders but we're probably <laughs> mediocre Good best. humility, Dave. No, I think you're probably doing okay. I think you're probably doing okay. Probably reality, you know. <laughs> Get your ego and check, Stephen Flynn. Get back in your box. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. It's interesting. It is. It really the whole is. area, it's, I love it. Oh, it's amazing. Okay, so leadership, so leadership is not a title. It's not a job. It's about character, ultimately, and the soft skills. And a leader is when someone follows you. Yes. Or turns to you for... Well, nowadays, when we think of followers, you think of social media. But then there's that great quote. You know, there was a meme which was going wrong where it was it was of Jesus. And sitting it said, uh, sitting in a park bench. And someone went up and said, can I be your follower? And uh, and I think it's the, the line is like, well, you just got to literally follow me. It's not like follow me on Twitter or Facebook or something like literally follow me, please. You know, it was that, <laughs> it was that kind of analogy. And yeah. I guess that's leadership. There's it? a really simple uh, definition of leadership by a guy that I, I, I read a lot of his stuff and I, li- I like. I've met him a number of times and I like what he does. Uh, John Maxwell in the US. And he says leadership is influence. That's it. You know, if you've got influence with somebody else, then you're leading them. And it's very simple, but it's very true. It means if you're a 14 year old and you've got your friends around you, you know, if they're paying attention to what you're saying, then you're leading them. And sometimes you're leading them very well and sometimes you're leading them not so well, but it's simply influence. That's what it is. And there's a real ebb and flow in leadership, whereas we don't tend to think of it like that. I like that definition. That works for me. Mm. It's kind okay. of like I hear this gravitas, and I hear it, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, wow, okay." So everyone, like, you know, my eight year old, absolutely, is, is a leader to my five year old. You know, totally. Like, oh, but my three teenagers sometimes they're leading me and my husband, and sometimes we're leading them. And I think we just have to keep it in check that we lead them a little bit more than they lead us, but they they lead us a lot. Um, and so it there there are ebbs and flows in these, and it and and of course we're talking about positive leadership here because. You can have negative influence with someone, but that's just bad leadership. Yeah. But yeah. that does, it, of course, wow. exist. So, so, okay. So for anyone listening here and for me and Steve in particular, uh, how do we become like, so, so you identified leadership. A lot of it comes down to the soft skills. So leadership slash influence, it comes down to the soft skills. So it isn't necessarily down to your, your core competencies, like you're an accountant or your whatever the heck you do. It's down to your empathy, your capacity to listen, your compassion, your, integrity your, your integrity your morality all these your, kind of things which hum- sounds so nice and like they're your your ego has to step aside like so so how do we develop how do we work on developing these and how do we keep an, our ego in check because well I, I mean that's the whole reason why we set up lift uh lift ireland uh lift ireland is called leading ireland's future together and the reason why i stepped out of my businesses and uh I've brilliant teams in there and they they manage those businesses. But I stepped out to set up Lyft four years ago this week, actually. Wow. Four years uh, now. Yeah, wow. we, we started up four years ago um, to show people how to build character and how to build their leadership and to become better leaders. And also to change the narrative, you know, that leadership is not a position or a title, but it's about the amount of positive influence we have with people around us. And this is important because if you're... If you, if, if the two of you, or if any of us here, or if uh, your fourteen-year-old, whoever it might be, if 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 you're not leading positively in your sphere of influence, then who is? 
Um, so if you're not leading well, then who is? Someone and there may be somebody else leading. Maybe taking them down a different road that that's you might exactly want them it. to be. That's exactly it. So it, so it is a responsibility for all of us to hold. It's not a positional leadership piece. That's such a good line. It's not a position or a title because, you know, the way if you uh, if I asked one of the kids like, oh, I want to be I want to be the boss. I want to be the boss. And everyone wants to be the boss. But then there's that one kind of quiet kid that's kind of tall and a bit more you know, naturally has it. And the others will go, okay, I'll go pick up the sticks over there and I'll pick the leaves over there. And they just have Can I pick influence. up on that? Traditionally, like I, I remember when I was back in college and I did um, a degree in business and I remember always being interested in organizational behavior, OB it was called back And then. I think that's what you studied as well. You were OB. It you is, did a master's yeah. in that. Yeah, I loved yeah. that. I did a master's in e-commerce, but I was always fascinated with when I hear things that typically this was this particular study was based on men if a man was taller he was more likely to be a leader and if he was taller and had broader shoulders he was more likely to be turned to as a leader again and I don't know if this and just you just ironically you just said there when you're talking about the kids the quiet one in the corner that was taller I just wonder do, do our <laughs> yeah, physical attributes um, dictate our position in organizations because often when people are taller they're typically and this would come from naturally where a tribe and the taller the stronger one would protect us more so I wonder is there anything given that we are mammals? Yeah, there's no doubt that there is unconscious bias there mm. around those kind of things. But one of the things that I'm loving is that when we're, we do lift, whether you're 11 years old or whether you're 84, doesn't matter, all age groups. But in the schools, the amount of teachers that I'm talking to that are saying, um, you know, that young person that never comes forward from everything is for anything is now facilitating a lift group and is speaking up. So it's, 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 we're re-educating uh, what leadership is and that's giving confidence to everybody that I am a leader too, even though I may not fit the traditional what, you know, society or the world might put the parameters around what leaders are. We're actually debunking those myths and saying, actually, everybody Every single person is a leader. It's almost like encouraging more responsibility. Yeah, oh, it is. Like leadership and, and responsibility. Yeah. And for like, you know, the word leadership is usually synonymous with business environments and leadership and, le you know, and it's almost American, like the Irish cynical in me would have always got oh, leadership, dad, stupid leadership books. Like, <laughs> I hate them. Why do you read these stupid leadership books written by American people? You know, and that would have been the mm. Irish cynic within mm. me. But then when you bake it down, it's down to how to be better human. It is. And if you break it, if you break it down, that leadership is influence. It's just about having. But more influence sounds a little sneaky, like you're, I'm trying to influence you to, you know, to do do my homework for me. You know, influence sounds a little sneaky, crafty. It does. It sounds a little bit crafty. <laughs> it's a bit like I remember uh, Dad had a book again. Sorry, Dad. Which I, I don't know if he gave it to me or someone gave it to him or something. But it was on his bookshelf, and I remember flicking through it one day. Maybe I read bits of it. How it was Dale Carnaby, how to how to make, make friends, friends and how to win friends people. and influence people. And it was written in the 1930s, but it's still so relevant. Like it still sells millions of copies because. It was like how do I influence you to do my work <laughs> you know what it is it's yeah, like that's yeah. kind of but, it, but, it, but, it, but, it, but it's all about being an, a sort of an authentic and a sincere and a, and a real yeah. human and finding out what real human I am and you are and just and just living that and being that um, so yeah and and to go back to your question of how do we get better at this, uh, that's what we do in Lyft. That's now the... So how does it work? How do we do it? So how, for anyone listening who goes, eight. okay, characteristics, I think, isn't it? There's eight. We, we started off with eight um, and actually we didn't choose them. So we went out to Ireland, we got independent research done and asked Ireland, if we're to 
be better humans, if we're to lead better, if we're to have stronger character. And this is probably relevant for people who don't necessarily live just in this island. Yeah, it, for, it totally is. Yeah, so. Yes, it totally, it totally is. It just happens to have started here. Yeah. Uh, and it is, uh, but but we, we went out and asked people, what do we need to get better at? And they said, well, we need more listening, more positive attitude, more respect, more integrity, more empathy, more drive and determination, more accountability and more competence. I'd love more of them. So yeah, well you can have them. Can I buy them? You can have them. Yours for nine ninety nine. I'd love them all, please. Free shipping. (laughs) You can have them. So these are, if you imagine, they're like muscles inside you. And if you go on a lift round table, it takes forty five minutes once a week. And you go onto a lift round table. One of the people knows how to run the round table. They're called a lift facilitator, and they've been trained by us. Um, And. Uh, 45 minutes once a week first week's on listening second week's on positive attitude third week and so on and it's a really simple but very profound reflection on how you have been doing at that particular area of leadership and it, it the round table ends up with you taking one specific action step to get a little bit better and all these little tiny specific action steps lead to behavioral change so uh, and that's what we're mapping and we're recording and we're looking at the impact of uh, and have been doing of the last four years. So we now have over 30,000 people doing lift round tables that we're right. aware of. And there are so many more happening that we're not right, aware of. Because I know your goal is to, to get 10,000 pe- or to get 10% of the Irish population, which is half a million people. Yeah. Doing in 10 of, years. Yeah. It's a is, funny thing. And you're four years into it. Are yeah, you 40% Yeah, it's a funny true? thing. I was only 48 when we started and I thought 10 years, 10 years, 10%, loads 10%. Yeah, loads of time. Now when you're four years in. You're kind of going, uh, oh, we're four But we're, we're right on track. We're wow. right on track. So, um, it, it's a great thing, really. A lot of the things that I had done up until now have really benefited. Yeah, because uh, Entrepreneurs Academy was all was, about. Yes, the Entrepreneurs Academy was all about setting up in business. So I, I. And your book was great. Involved. Your book Thank was you. great. I remember you gave us your book about ten years ago. Yeah, when we did something, that's right. and I read it. I, uh, I don't know if I made it through it all, but I read like, and I'd read lots of American self help books because Dad used to have loads of them on the shelf. Sorry for hanging you again there, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Dad. But I really did enjoy your one. It was like, thank it was, you. It was. You know, sometimes I can't get past the American kind of perspective on, you know, just the yeah. self-help industry, whereas yours was written for, you know, it 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 was a translation into Irish cynicism. It kind of took that into, into. It was, and it was a lot of learnings. I mean, it was called don't get a job, build a business. And it really meant not don't get employed, but don't end up with a really crappy job. You know, if you're setting up in business for yourself, don't end up with working all the hours there are and getting very little money out of it. Instead, build a business that can actually sustain you and, and you can get holidays from. And if you get sick, it's okay to take time off and you build the business as separate to yourself. So that's what it was really all about. Because I, ha- I was watching uh, in owning the Entrepreneurs Academy and in all the work we were doing, training people to start businesses and to stay in business. It's amazing the amount of people that were sort of ending up in this kind of um, stuck, sp- uh, you know, stuck. They were ending up stuck where they were creating really bad jobs rather than creating businesses. So, uh, mm. the book was really to help people with that it was good I remember really enjoying it and going Jesus loads it's Thank quite you. a distinction it's something relevant to anyone who starts a business that you can you start out with all the enthusiasm in the world and I know I just know from the food business as many people I'll talk to who are starting a cafe and you know they love the romantic idea of making coffee and having the chats and eating nice food baking a perfect is, cake as they often say like if you do start, if you do want to get into the food business, if you're getting, if you want to get in for money, there's much easier places to make money. But if you, if you believe in it and you like hard work, brilliant. And I think that's 
often the challenge with, as you said, you can get yourself a job, but to run a business is a total different skill. It's a total different thing. It really is. And I suppose for me, I love running business. And so um, I have two businesses and setting up Lyft then was very easy to, for me, from a business point of view. Um, We're a social enterprise, we're not for profit, but we are a business. And so um, I, I like all that side of it. In our first two years, I was very clear that this was all about setting up the right structures, the right systems, getting the right people in place before we start to scale. Because you've made it scalable, which is incredible. Yeah. Like, like the bit which, which I marvel at and I go, geez, to reach half a million people in 10 years, you've got to have built in a structure and a system to scale. Like from the outset, you've got to go, okay, well, we need to create these round tables, five people on it. If we're going to reach half a million people, that's a hundred thousand round tables has got to happen in 10 years. Divide that down, you do the maths there and you've got a thousand every yeah. Year or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I can see, I can see very clearly the numbers on how they scale now, but couldn't start scaling until we had the really stable structures and systems and processes. And we've a, we've a fantastic team. Our ops is headed up by a brilliant woman called Anne Wilson. And, you know, all these brilliant people just sort of dropped in my lap, really. Um, uh, when we were setting up Lyft, I was, I was telling Sarah, your producer, that um, I, you know, I was giving, you know, the way when you're starting your business and you, you, you'll, you'll talk anywhere. And I was talking on top of a pizzeria in Sligo and I, it was Easter weekend. I was thinking, what am I doing here? I brought my kids with me, you know, on the, nearly on the pretense that we're going away for a weekend, but mom just has to go off and give a talk. Just for 10 minutes. You know? yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was lying to yeah, you as an error. That, that exact, that exact, that's ex- every entrepreneur knows that's how that works. And I was talking on top of this pizzeria and about 18 people came and I talked about Lyft and I was giving it socks and saying, we're going to do this. And Anne Wilson was in the crowd at the time and came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I've been here in Ireland for five years. She had retired. She'd been in big corporate world, banking, pharma and so on. And she was sort of thinking about what she wanted to do. And I remember looking at her thinking, I know you will come and work with Lyft, but but obviously couldn't frighten her and say that to her right at the time. But she came to one of our Lyft training sessions to learn how to run around tables. She lived in Castlebar in um, uh over on the West anyway, where, where she lives. And uh, she she started to run four round tables with people locally and get to know more people locally. And then uh, we stayed in touch and now she runs all our operations and she's just wow. amazing. Great I mean, story. I I love business it. is amazing like that. Once yeah. you're once you're open to other people coming on board, kind of almost, and I think that's like a rule of thumb at life, or at least something I try to apply to my life, is the more you can be in a state of flow and kind of accepting what's coming with you at life as opposed to resenting what's arriving, yeah. the more it just kind of unfolds in its own magical way. Oh, yeah. Lyft has attracted the most amazing people. I mean, really, it has. Because they're all people that want... Our purpose is very strong that we want to raise the level of positive and ethical leadership in the country. And that's not at a position. There's no criticism of anybody. Yeah. Um, and so it it just has pulled people out of the woodwork. And we got 24 founding partner companies that came on board with us at the beginning. Um, my my brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw uh, yeah, that. Dave, David is involved. He's amazing. He's, look, David is just in, Dave, when you're listening to this, uh, let me tell you, he's one of these people that has no idea how good he is. You know, he's just, he's got, Fantastic. They're better leaders, the ones he's that don't amazing. Think he's just he's just amazing. And my my great friend Sonia Lennon is involved too. And we we put a really strong advisory board around us that took us through the first three years. And then just at the end of last year, we formalized it with a more formal board where so that we can copy the charities code 
governance uh, and make stuff. sure that All everything that. is done exactly the way and, that it should be. And, so. how, and how does it work? Uh, like in terms of, so, okay, so I sign up to, I realize, okay, geez, I've got a bit of a shady character. I could definitely do it with more leadership. How, uh, lift program, brilliant, class, leadership. Okay, I don't really like that word leadership, but okay, I definitely need to be a better listener. I definitely need to be more empathetic. I definitely need to become all those soft skills. How do I do it? I sign up and I go, right, lift, brilliant, great. How yeah, so usually what happens is an organization will sign up or a school or a community or a sports club or something like that. And once they sign up, we train, takes us one day and we'll train, you know, 10, 15 or 100 facilitators. And then then you're ready to go. Wow. Uh, once, you, once you've been trained for the day, that multiplies by five. So if we take 100 facilitators in one organization or 10, uh, you get 50 or There's 500 people. Right There's there. a scalability right Boom. there. You yeah. train up, you empower individuals to yeah. run. Here's the baton, lads, yeah. run with nice. it. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And um, so... So we then it must have a very democratic program for the... Like, because if, if, if I'm a facilitator in a day, I've got some format and some structure which I follow that's very clear that it's almost like McDonald's like in yeah. terms of you know it's the everyone becomes structure uh, dependent as even simpler dependent. even simpler there are five steps there are five steps in a round table and the facilitator has a script so we have told so they read the script so a facilitator is not there to impress anybody in the group um, they're there just to follow the steps and to model being a good participant so that takes a lot of pressure off mm. a 16 year old facilitator. In fact, the other day I brought the students from Muckras Park into a big corporate and 25 of them took 110 people through wow. leadership tables. Oh, wow, they were amazing. That's they great. were amazing. Every that's single great one fun. of them. Yeah, they were brilliant. So, so for anyone listening who kind of isn't in Ireland and can't necessarily partake in a lift program, is there anything that people listening can apply today to kind of go, okay, all this sounds interesting. I'd like to have a, be a better character. I'd like to be a better human. I'd like to take more responsibility for my influence in my going life. Are there any things that we can all apply in a day-to-day basis to start to, to improve these, build these little muscles, as you mentioned? Yeah, there are. But before I get to that, actually, so our, our vision is to create positive change in Ireland and by Ireland. Now, you two at the moment are the by Ireland piece because we're talking to outside Ireland as mm. well. Um, and so we run online roundtables. So anybody can go onto the liftireland.ie website and go to the events section and they'll see online roundtables there. They could book in. You could do Brilliant. one tomorrow. At 8 and people host yeah. them. People host them all the time. There, our team. I host one on a Saturday morning at nine a.m. Another one good on a Monday morning. That's a good morning. idea. Yeah. Saturday nine a.m. Brilliant. <laughs> and it's great. Like so, if it's not appearing on the calendar, they're just full. Um, but just just book yourself in, and anybody can do it. So we ran. We started those during COVID, really because people needed them. So we'd about fifteen hundred people that came onto those during COVID, and um, just putting putting it out there. And, and how many round? Te- like so. So I signed up to lift. Uh, okay, so. There's a facilitator who runs it. There's a round table. How often are the round tables and when am I certified leader? Or how, what, is the, what is the structure? Like, is it eight weeks of once a week and then I'm, I'm less egoic and more really, kinder and softer? Yeah, I'm loving what you're saying. Uh, the, it's once a week, 45 minutes, once a week. Okay. But it's like going to the gym. Uh, or it's like swimming in the sea or it's like, you know, you go through one cycle, it raises your awareness, you start to get a little bit better, you, you your muscle gets a little bit stronger, but then you have to keep on doing it if you want to just keep better. We're flawed, we're humans, you know, so even though so I've there's been no doing, end there's, well, you can end if you want to, um, but then you hit the detraining effect. Your awareness is high, but you may not be behaving in the way you want to. So, and acting in the way you want to. Pretty a bit so like meditation, it offers that opportunity for self-aware, self-reflection. 
Which like meditation, the more you do it, typically, typically, the more oh, aware man, one becomes. Oh man, it's another thing I got to do in terms of my meditation, my yoga, my swimming, see my running, my <laughs> all the various things. The, other, the, the one thing I will say though, that uh, when you're in a lift round table with people, it's amazing because you get to see the real human. Mm. That's very rare. It's, As in it's, the, it's, it's almost like, like a safe space for yes, people to show their vulnerability. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. And and that's part of what we do in the training when we train people to be facilitators uh, in showing them how to keep it as a safe space. Nobody's allowed comment on anything you say. Nobody's allowed judge anything that you say. So you can say what you like uh, in there. So and there's an element and of therapy account- almost because when you're, whatever you say is accepted, like that's therapeutic in a sense. Yeah. You might think of it. Yes, I suppose you might, you might think of it that way or someone else will see it a different way. And also at the same time, you say as much or as little as you want to. So once I know what I'm talking about, even if I don't tell you specific situations or if I don't uh, mention an- names or anything really very specific, once I know in my head what I'm talking about, that's okay. And is each so, week going to so say that like is... Week one on listening and then week two's on... Positive attitude. Okay, brilliant. Week three is respect. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that's the way they work. And we, we have the initial eight, but then we also, every year we go out and we do another survey. We call it the lift index. We go out and find out, well, what are people saying, excuse me, now that we need to do so still, to get so better. it's always current and revol- yeah. evolving. Yeah, so fairness has come up as one oh, of the equity areas. and diversity and Diversity and inclusion, inclusion are now in there too. We also have um, resilience and innovation and adaptability, those two. Yeah, because uh, a friend was saying that like he is part of some organization and, and they hire lots of people and he was saying the skill that they're, they most look for in young people that they're hiring is creativity and resilience. Yes. Resilience, those were the yeah. two things. So we right. added those in when we did some research during COVID and resilience was for oh, some can people. Can we explore the topic of resilience? Yeah, so go what for does, it. What does go resilience mean and how do we become more resilient? resilient as humans like part of me likes the stoic idea that the more we can be comfortable with discomfort the more typically resilient we are I don't know if there's any truth in it but I quite like that idea yeah maybe that's because you're a hard ass (laughs) (laughs) and I think resilience is different things for different people so for someone it might be getting out of the bed in the morning uh, and for others, it might be um, being able to, 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 you know, to mind yourself in really tough situations. So it's very different. To or it re- could be saying very, no, you know, saying no, that could be a re- good act. It could be review. very different for different people. Or for you, it people. could be doing 100 press-ups, you know. Yes. So what we do, the way, the way a roundtable works is that you read a piece on resilience and then you stop and there are a few other steps, but just if I go to the crux of it, you stop and you look at everything you've done in the last 24 or 48 hours. And you see, did I, did I do those things with the resilient, was I resilient in each of those areas? And you're looking for creases in your behavior, because if you can find creases, it's not to to pull yourself, be hard on yourself or anything like that. But if you can find a crease, then you can take a small action step to get a tiny bit better. And that's what you're looking to oh, do. I like that, that mm. it's reflecting on the previous 24 or 48 hours. Yes. It's like that movie about time. You know that movie? No. Oh, Dominic. that was, I, I love that I'm a one. sucker for romantic movies and this was gorgeous. Oh, this was like gold star. Dom, I was name? trying to get the, the kids to watch actor. it. Donald Gleeson. Oh, I really it? loved him as an eye. Gorgeous. And, uh, and, and he, Bill Lee. He, he, I didn't know their bit, names, oh, which is, I love that movie. Been. But he had the ability to go back and he'd live a day and then he'd go back the day. He, he got in the habit of, he'd he had some magic power her. that he could go back and relive the day. So he'd live it and he'd make loads of mistakes and then he'd go back the next day and he'd just be a bit softer and a bit kinder and he'd do the exact same thing. But he'd take those moments. 
Wow, and what's that called? Decreases about about time. Time. It's beautiful. That's what lift is like. And that's, that's and what just when you said like. about your 24 yeah. hour and your 48 hour to reflect on that and go, yeah. oh yeah. Because at the start, he'd go back and he'd live a completely differently and he'd go, you know, talk to the pretty girl and he'd have the chocolate bar and he'd do all the good things. And then as time went on, he'd just go back and he'd just savor those little moments that he probably didn't savor, you know. Mm-hmm. I have to say one of the one of the one of the leadership areas, values, themes, whatever you want to call them, that I have got most out of is listening. Uh, because the more roundtables I've done, the more I've realized how much I was sort of storming through life and not stopping and listening. And how I was wired to sort of transmit rather than consciously choosing not to speak, uh, which is what really good listening is. And and it's listening and hearing and understanding. I might have been listening, but I might not have been hearing and understanding. And there's another part of the lift round table where you think of somebody that really demonstrates this quality really well for you uh, because you're thinking of somebody that's leading very well. And it's, it's amazing the amount of times I pick my mum you know, as that person who really exemplifies fantastic character. And I I just, I I love, I love that because we, you know, we go into work or we go into business or we go into corporate life or whatever life we end up going into. Um, And we nearly forget that we're human, you know, that, that that Mm. we're human, whether we're in there or not, we, there are different, I suppose, just because of cultures, we behave in different ways, but actually this is bringing us back to remembering that we are all the same. Exactly. Every single one of us. We're all we're all human. Uh, and it sort of brings us back to basics. I'm suddenly aware that we've become much better listeners since you started talking about listening. <laughs> <laughs> you suddenly got very quiet. I'm, I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to not listen to talk I, I, back to you. It's fascinating. It's really fascinating. But the other thing, and this is because you keep asking me about uh, you know, what can you do and behavior change. Behavior change is really hard. Mm. It's really hard. And this is, I remember, uh, I remember at one of the trainings early on, uh, somebody asking me, oh, this is fantastic. We're do, we're, they're going to do lift with their, with their sports teams. Uh, can we do all eight sessions in one day? Oh, yeah. and, uh, That'd be how we do it one of you two. And I said, you can, but it's no use to you at all. You cannot microwave this stuff. You have to slow cook it. Um, because otherwise the behavior change doesn't actually There's no happen. Hack. There's, There's no, no hack. Feel like, can I just There's meditate no all day hack. today and then I don't have to do it for the rest of the There's week? There's no <laughs> hack. But the great thing is, the great thing is, is that I don't know about you guys, but you know, like I'm always reading books and learning and trying to get better. And these simple 45 minute roundtables, I have never, I'm far from, far from very, very far from perfect, but I've never, I can, I know how much better I've got at some of these areas like listening, respect. I didn't know, I, I hadn't really sort of associated kindness and politeness with respect. I should have, but I, but I really didn't. I wasn't linking all those kind of things together. So, um, yeah, it's, even, um, even it's on a great process. On the, on the respect one, uh, a friend who, I can't remember who it was, but, uh, when they were employing new people, it, like they do the interview or whatever, but they'd always go downstairs to the person who let them in and go, which one did you like best? Which one was the <laughs> nicest and the kindest to you? Because usually people had come in and they'd, they'd be really nice to the person interview them and they'd show that, oh, I'm sunshine and lollipops. And then they might've been really rude to the person who was letting them in at the door or saying hi or whatever. So, and I thought that was just basic politeness and kindness. Yeah. And again, remembering we are all human. All the same. And that's the other thing that often leadership programs, you know, are done just for the people in the leadership positions in an organization or in, in, in a school or whatever is happening. But um, with Lyft, it's for everybody. Everybody. Everybody can do it. 
Because mm. everyone has influence. Everybody, everyone's a leader. Everybody's. A, and you can sit in a round table with, I could sit with the CEO and a graduate that's just there two weeks. Doesn't make any difference it, at it's, all. It's really values based. It's like how to become a better human rather than how it's to get like, more stuff. It's like a modern slant on a, like almost like a spiritual practice. Not that it's necessarily get, trying to get yourself kind of type religiously, thing. but it's, there's very few things in society where we focus on character. And traditionally that would have been the church religion. or it would have been whatever form of religion or it, it was in my romantic head it was more part of the modern day dialogue or part of it was in the ether. It was something that was discussed more, how to be a better human and how can we live better and how can we be more responsible? How can we be more self-evolved? But it seems like in modern day society, it's very much on the fringe. It's how can we get more stuff? It's how can we accumulate more? Really? Yeah. And, and, and you're, you're, I, and where I are the hacks? Where are the hacks to get yeah. more stuff? And sometimes, and, and look, the, 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 the great thing about Lyft is it's for everybody. I mean, we couldn't care less what you believe or what you don't believe. It doesn't matter. You know, like it, it's not that we couldn't care, but do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It's for everybody. Nobody is turned away at all. And there are very few things that are like that. Um, and and I think this sort of good human behavior, sometimes it gets associated with, not not lift, but, you know, people, if, they men, if you mention anything religious, people are just, Oh, gone. Yeah, gone. Mm. And so some of the good human behavior has got thrown out with that. Yeah. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, an, it, look, it's a great place to be. I love, I love working there. Sounds class. It's yeah, like the it's hybrid great. between, because business and entrepreneurship is kind of like modern rock starism in a sense. Like it's very relevant. You know, a lot of people want to be, as we said, YouTubers, but certainly since the, the early 2000s entrepreneurship was become very, oh, I want to start a business. I want to start a business. But then statistically, they say it's somewhere between three and 6% are really people who want to, who are more, they have more of the skill set to start a business. Whereas there's a lot more people. If you go interview people in a business school, most of them probably, oh, I want to start a business. Of course I want to start a business. We're going to be the next Facebook or whatever the heck they're going to be. Um, I don't know any points on that. If you'd asked me year, you know, years ago, I was all business, you know, I, at school, I was that kid selling jewelry that I was making, you know, I was, there was always a trader. There was always I a was trader. Always, yeah, I was. And then the jewelry was awful. Like, oh, but a man, I remember I used to get 10 pence and 20 P and all that before the Euro came in. And then when I was at college, I set up a cleaning business and I borrowed my mother's Hoover and her oh. car. And I, you know, I, I, uh, I actually looked in the windows of the houses to see which ones weren't dirty. too, no, weren't too dirty because I didn't want to do, have to do too much work <laughs> in it. But also I didn't want any houses that had dogs or children because I reckon they'd be much harder. So, uh, so I only put leaflets in certain houses that I wanted to get. And then uh, two of my friends helped me out. And, and also it was the time where yuppies were just starting. <laughs> you know, It was just a new term in the 90s. And uh, so the, you'd have two people out working and we'd go in, crank up the radio and off we go there hoover and you know and just, and just clean so i was always at that i did business uh in college i loved it um you know did my master in org behavior i loved all that stuff i took a module first time ever um a, a module was taught on ethics business ethics in fact they had to um bring someone in from the states to teach on business ethics and uh, which is kind of funny because ethics is ethics whether it's business or not you know it's just ethics mm. but, uh, but and ethic, ethics probably walks the line between character human character because you know ethics implies like that word would employ bigger decision making and making the right decision but ultimately 
the ethics and morality with each of us as individuals. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So, you know, so I, I was all business. I, I, I went into accountancy. I then decided accountancy wasn't for me. I did a U-turn out of there. Um, and, and eventually the economy started to heat up here and everyone was talking about money. You know, everybody, all my peers were talking about money, how much were you earning? You know, it was that kind of rat race really started. Um, and I, I think I got really kind of sad about it in that, well, surely there's more to it than money. Um, and, and I, I just, I just couldn't find it. So I, uh, the only other thing I knew was the charity world that maybe, maybe that's really where I belong. Uh, and so I applied to work for Concern Worldwide. Didn't quite know I was going to get sent to where I did get sent to, but, uh, but I left business, uh, and went off doing that. But now when I look back at it, that, that whole experience, cause I came back from, uh, from working for the aid agency and set up business pretty soon afterwards because I knew it was business. I knew it was that, but I, it just needed to have a purpose in it. That was very important for me. It's, it's amazing. Cause like we started business with the idea to, you know, it was to change. It was always about influencing society and try to move it more towards happier, healthier, more connected, you know, and that was really at the root of what we not were doing. Not digitally connected, but. Analog, yeah. Yeah. Not, analog. yeah. Not via Wi-Fi networks, but it was more how to build community and whatnot. And like, you know, the way you're talking about business makes me so much more aware between business and social influence and society and spirituality and morality all these things are so like entwined yet it's so easy to just see business as this vehicle where we try to make loads of money and we try to whoever makes the most money and builds the biggest business with the most amount of skyscrapers wins you know and it's this kind of metaphor but ultimately it's a wonderful act of spirituality and it can be I think it can it's like be anything. in terms of like totally, and it just reminds me of totally. kind of like I see we get caught up in the rat race just like everyone else because the machine is moving so quick now and you've got to be running quick whereas ultimately if you can and this is a message myself to slow down and how can you do it better? Well, I think Lyft, yeah, as a like, character, as although a, Lyft is labeled leadership, it's ultimately the refinement of character. Yeah, it is. is. It is. And, and I mean, if you ask me, why did, why did we call it Lyft and why did we bring leadership in? Because I, I mean, realistically, I knew that was going to be accepted more. Mm. It's going to be easier yeah. to get in. And, oh, yeah. and it's a bit like meditation and mindfulness. Like meditation you always existed, whereas the mindfulness word seemed to be in the last 50 years has become more prevalent and it seems to be more accepted by business people and more males. And that's my interpretation, so I could be completely wrong. Yeah. But it's ultimately the same thing. It's about breathing and being here and now. Like Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I must do a round table with you. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to. Bingo, yeah. love to. Yeah. yeah. Genuinely, I'd love to. Yeah. Jesus I brought some class. booklets. You brought some booklets. Yeah, I brought some so we could do it after. Love to. Great. Well, let's start one now. (laughs) Genuinely, I'd love to do one. I think it's brilliant. Uh, There was was two more questions I had before we wrap up. One was, um, Shawnee had a great question here. He said, okay, hiring people. Hiring people, like if you're in a business and you're taking someone on, like how do you get the best out of it? Because it's very easy, as we said, we're busy and digging the ditch. We're digging the ditch. We're digging the ditch. There's a shovel. Just grab a shovel and dig, dig, dig. Quick, dig. No, dig quicker. Like I'm digging quicker. Dig this way. Dig that way. You know, and it's like, how do you get the best out of if you are going to employ someone? How do you kind of... the million dollar question. Yeah. Is it in the hiring process or you to hire the right people? Just because the guys are expanding into industry, parts of their industry that they don't fully know. And they might not know what the people are hiring they're going to need to do. Yeah. So it's how do you become good at hiring so you can hire anyone to do any job effectively. So you kind of have yeah. a gen- Without knowing what they're going to do. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. That, that, yeah. 
Okay. And I mean, there, there's one thing with hiring people. Uh, you see, when I was looking at hiring, I, I don't do, I don't, I'm not the only one that does the hiring in our organization. So our ops manager knows exactly what skills are needed for each job. Uh, mm. I wouldn't be good at that, whereas she would. Nor are we. Yes. So get somebody who is good. Yeah, and well, you no, can't we, we don't van. hire anyone. And you can't have van. I can't think of that. <laughs> no, we, well, we hire a few people, but very few. Like so, so, but you need you need somebody like that. If that's not where you're naturally good, then you do what you're good, and you get somebody else to do the mm. other bit. Um, but especially as you mentioned earlier about the management skills that that you know managing people, that whole side of thing, that's a real skill set in itself. And if it's not something that you enjoy. Um, you need somebody in your organization that does absolutely mm. thrive uh, in that because that's what makes an organization, in my mind, very stable. But back to the hiring, I think there are two things. There's, this, there's, the, there's skills and then there's attitude and the attitude is about the values piece. Mm. So that's where I come in on the interviewing. We're the yeah, exact same. We're, 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 the, we're awful at kind of how's your, do you, can you do the job? But I'm like, yeah, I'd like to hang out with them. I could work with them. I definitely, yeah, we could change the world with this person. It's a pity they can't like do what you want, you know, like, but it's usually Hire for yeah. attitude, train for skill. Yeah, yeah we're kind all of about that one very well. Yeah. But, you know, to, to go quicker, you know, and, and people want to work with you guys. So you're going to attract good people to you. So just be really aware of what the skills are. And then that makes it much easier. Mm. Much, much Brilliant. easier. This has been great fun. I've loved it. <laughs> Any final little point that has really helped you become a better leader beyond lift any little nugget that's something that really helped you that someone listening could go yeah i'm gonna do that today and, and and as we said that word leader can be character morality all these various influence. things influence, influence. yeah, yeah. Um, so the first thing is is for all of us to remember that the hardest person to lead is ourselves that it's you know it's it, it's not it if it, 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 it is about leading ourselves that behavior change is not easy at all and in terms of what's that little nugget that everybody could do stop stop for 5 minutes and just stop and reflect on the last 24 hours because if you asked me do I have a positive attitude like you guys I do I have a really positive attitude yeah no that's very apparent but <laughs> but if i but if i look at the last 24 hours i will find creases where <laughs> you know, I, I will find creases and I can think of them even at the moment when something's happening, you know, at home or a bag breaks or something else like that. And I go, ah, oh, darn. But it's the attitude and it's the picking myself up and it's how I'm talking to myself in my head um, that, that, I, that, I, that, I, that helps me to get better. So it's that stopping and reflecting. The world is not geared at us to stop and reflect anymore. It's geared towards us being busy. And for me, look, the real big thing for the, I, I think we only get one go at this. I don't know what you guys think, but I think we only get one go at life and I don't want to get to the end of it all and, uh, to meet my maker and, you know, for, for them to say, well, Joanna, I gave you Ireland. What, what did was you, the rush? What, did, what was the rush? And what did you do with it? You know, uh, like you got Ireland. I mean, uh, when I worked in uh, with uh, Concern, I worked in the Rwandan refugee camps. So I'm thinking I didn't get landed there. You know, I got landed here. So when I when I reach the end of my days, I want to be able to say, well, actually, I look back at that and I actually did as much as I could to make it better, make myself better so that I mm -hmm. could have a bit more positive influence with anyone that's around me and, and not make them miserable around me, but make it a bit better. That's what it's beautiful. about. Beautiful. 
<laughs> no, gorgeous, absolutely uh, gorgeous. Thanks. So for anyone listening who's really inspired and wants to learn lift. more about Lyft, so it's liftireland.ie. Yeah, or lift just lift. or lift Ireland.ie. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. And they can do a round table Saturday morning yes. online with you, Anne. <laughs> or they can do round tables virtually or in person. Or if they want to be trained a facilitator, they've got to come via an organization like a school. And or you a, do a Robin Hood method such that you charge, we do. Or you charge yeah. organizations, but if you're a, a charity school or school, they're free. Yes, that's exactly it. And we are, and that's how we have been, we've been, and we want to be the whole way along um, because it shouldn't be that just because you can pay for it, you can get it. Now, mind you, that being said, like we have 236 secondary schools that are doing lift one. We only had one three years ago. Now we have 236 of them that are doing it. It's amazing. Uh, and we're going to have 150,000 young people doing it in three years time. So amazing. that's really. That'll really add towards your goal of 500,000. That's great. It, 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 it totally will. I have it all worked out, Dave. You needn't worry. <laughs> I do. But, you know, so if there are, you know, if there's anybody there that wants to help us out funding wise to um, our Robin Hood model gets us so far but for where we're going to we just need a bit of help with that oh it's amazing and, and I had one last final thing which I was looking I was reading up on your website final, looking final, all around final, the final final PPPS is I love the way you've been so explicit with your goal and I really admire that because smart goal it, but it's a smart goal but it's also very explicit you say it to everyone and then it means everyone kind of helps you and it almost holds you accountable to make it make yeah. it happen and I kind of look at it and I go because we, we had a chat with this guy Vivid Vision Cameron Herald and he was really interesting. He was all about creating a vision of what he wanted to create. And it almost goes in line with modern day manifesting the perfect world and manifesting the dream. And if you see it and talk about it, it's all going to happen. And I just looked at it and I went, that's class. That's brilliant. Oh, thanks. And, and, I, and uh, there was another reason for that 10 years. I'll be 58 when we're finished. And I kind of thought 10 years, that's important that I give it to that. But also by having 10 years, I felt I wouldn't sort of rest on my laurels at all, that I'd say I'll do this and just uh, get it done in that time. But also, I don't believe in setting up empires. I don't think that we should be setting up an organization that has to, has to exist unless it's needed to exist. So we'll do it for 10 years. And the really the intention is, is that we will embed it into enough schools, universities, organizations and so on that after 10 years, you know, we don't need to become a big, I'm not trying to build a big organization for the sake of it. Mm. It's about, uh, it's about impact. social impact. It's about it's real brilliant. social change. Your yeah. class. Thank you, <laughs> Thanks guys. I love Thank that. Thank you. I loved that. That was brilliant. I loved how it kind of, it, it was a cross section between leadership, human morality, uh, philosophy, all, all so much meaning and purpose. It really was and how to be a better human. I found that super stimulating. I hope you did too. One of my favorite topics and a topic I really want to learn more is about character, about how we can like celebrate being better characters. Yeah, her program Lift is wonderful. As she said, there's many different ways you can go about doing it, no matter where you live in the world. We certainly did one exercise after this with Joanne herself, and it was brilliant. It was super, super fun. All about listening. Really reflective. Yeah, it really was self-reflective. So, so I'm going to stop talking now and start listening. Yes. So uh, yeah, thanks, Mel, for your attention. If you enjoyed this, please do share with more people. Um, and just final little piece of me talking. If you would like to support our podcast, we have a new book. It's coming out on June... Ninth. Ninth, it's called the Veg Box. Ten most common veg, ten ways using ten ingredients or that. It's brilliant. We're so proud of it. And uh, check it out. Bye. See you. Bye. 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 Bye.